Today we feature comedian Pete Holmes, whose brand new comedy special, Dirty Clean, premieres next week on HBO and was shot right here in Portland at the Aladdin Theatre during a run of sold-out shows at the venue. Pete's series Crashing Season 3 airs January 20th, also on HBO. For even more Pete, you can tune in to his popular podcast, You Made It Weird, with this week's guest, Fred Armisen. Thanks to Rabia Ahmad at HBO for sending us up with some time to chat with Pete. Much obliged, and I hope I pronounced your name right. If I didn't, well, I'll just blame it on being a foreigner. I'm Gregory Day. This is pdxpodcast.com. Hello, hello. Hi, Greg. This is Rabia from HBO. Sorry about the Hi. delay. We'll make it up on the other end. Oh, great. Um, I have Pete Holmes. Are you ready? I am ready. Hi, Pete. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, I, I I really enjoyed your show here in Portland, especially the pickups right at the end. It felt like we were part of the show. Oh, you mean when I came back out and did the quick jokes? Right, yes. You seem to be having a lot of fun doing that. I mean, that was a great moment for me because I I worked really hard getting the special ready. I had a pretty small window to tour it and then tape it because of crashing. So to have been done with the meat of it, you know, that was the late show. So I was really trying to film everything that that I had. But then to go out and just get those quick little one-liners was a real thrill. I'm glad you saw that. Yes, no, the crowd loved it. Uh, you know, you you did so many shows. Was your face tired by the end of it? I mean, it's funny, yeah, a little bit. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. You need to remember sometimes that you're having fun. I mean, that's part of the job. Right. Uh, the, I'm not just saying this because you're a Portland podcast and it's Portland, but I mean, the crowd was so good yeah. that it made it easy. But you'll you'd be surprised at how often you have to be like, because you are getting tired, especially in your face and your throat. Um, you have to go like, this is it. This is the last push. This is the taping. Give it everything. Smile more. Laugh. Really try to connect with why you thought the joke was funny in the first place, which is really, in, in my opinion, one of the most important things about doing stand-up is, is staying connected to the part of you that laughed the first time you thought it. Right. Um, so it, took, it takes energy, but... Honestly, the crowd was so good, they, there was like a, a swell underneath me that, that sort of kept me going. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I was part of that swell, and I felt it too. There was a great energy in there. And, you know, you do it at the Aladdin. There's there's something organic about that space. There's something a little bit punk rock about it where it's not <laughs> some ornate theater. It's like, no, we're really right. like a real brass tack comedy show. So don't fuck around. I'm not going to fuck around. The audience isn't going to fuck around. We if, if this is going to happen, we have to build it from scratch. So let's do this. You know, it, we can't we can't rely on the chandeliers. We have to manufacture that energy ourselves. <laughs> right. I'm I'm really surprised how well you guys cleaned up the Aladdin because it is an older theater, 
But uh, what a great set and wonderful presentation. The producer had us cracking up before he even came out. He, he did a warm-up like you did uh, on Crashing. A great warm-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really, that's Neil. He's really, really funny. He's, they've done all of my specials. And they did a great job with the space, I think, walking the line with making it the lighting and, and the stage. Right. You know, appropriate for TV, but maintaining... Because you don't want to go to Portland and, and throw paint on it and make it not look like Portland. Right. You want it to look nice as well, yeah. You got a bit of grit. I love it. <laughs> well, that's exactly right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I would like to talk about your show. I've seen every episode. I'm really enjoying it. Looking forward to the season premiere, January 20th. I mean, the stand-up special is coming up next week. Uh, this is really exciting. I just want to say right off the top, nice to hear Jaws of Clay finally getting their due on a mainstream show. <laughs> you know, I I haven't yet met one of the jars of clay. I would really like to talk to them about it because I think one of them tweeted about it that they were happy to be involved. But it, to me, like jars of clay and third day and plank eye, all these like Christian groups that I grew up with, that that we were able to get that onto an HBO show, <laughs> an HBO comedy show. What was a thrill for me, and in yeah. the more the more niche I can get with the, with the Christian, the nods to the Christian world, the more people like it. So we're going to keep trying for stuff. I I love it. I I'm going to throw some names at you from the '90s. DC Talk, Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant. Love them. Love them. Of course, people turned their back on Amy Grant because she went main. She went secular. Right. Yes. Yeah. People didn't like that. Uh, Pendulette, you have a great scene w- on the show with Pendulette. It's my favorite scene of the entire series. You talking at the booth, just a few minutes long. It's very profound. It's a wonderful scene. How did that come together? I completely agree. I'm glad. I'm glad you see that too. Um, we worked really hard on that scene because, as you might imagine, it was longer than than what we um, showed. I would say, you know, he came and did my podcast afterwards. And we had the full, like a longer conversation. But I really wanted somebody to come on and intelligently and passionately and also with humor explain what a, what a, like a loving and sort of intellectual, compassionate atheist actually sounds like. So we wouldn't write some like character. I think sometimes atheists get painted with too broad of a brush and they're like cold or they're just like, yeah. science like in that bad way they're just overly practical and they they're the ones that ruin ghost stories and don't right. believe in aliens or whatever mm-hmm. it might be but uh pen is the opposite of that he he's my favorite in fact i'm a spiritual person and pen is an atheist and we agree on almost everything mm-hmm. um i mean except i would say the only thing we disagree about is vocabulary um he believes in a mystery I believe in a metaphor for a mystery, which is which can be called God or can be called a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, we're talking about the same thing, this sort of ununderstandable, ever-changing, ever-evolving phenomenon that we're all sort of living within, which is remarkable and, and deserving of our awe. And he is right, so right. that. Yeah. So when I think you get a, you get a lot of 
sort of we had a lot of options for atheist comedians to talk to Pete, but Penn, when I called him, I, I didn't know him, but we got on the phone to see if he would be interested. I talked to him for five minutes and I was like, this is the guy, this is the <laughs> only guy. Yeah. In, well, not the only guy, but he is the best guy. If you're going to sell someone atheism, um, he's the best, he's the best one. Cause yeah. also cause he's not even trying to sell it to you. He's tr- He's actually trying to convince you that you are an atheist. You just don't know it. <laughs> well, I, I get the feeling he's a bit open-minded, uh, which I really appreciate. It. He's incredibly open-minded. You can't corner. This is what I'm saying. You can't corner him no matter what. You can say, My. you know, he believes in infinite possibilities. So if you say, so you don't think there's an afterlife, he'll say, I don't think there's evidence for an afterlife but I believe in infinite possibilities. Yeah. One of right. them is, and like you can go Greek with it. You can say it's an old man in the sky watching us and sends us to heaven or hell. That's one of the possibilities. He's just saying, I don't believe that that, uh, that doesn't make the most sense to me. And that doesn't seem what, to be what the evidence suggests. Mm-hmm. And that is what science, if you talk to a really like trippy, deep thinking scientist, that's what they'll tell you is that there's infinite possibilities, including some of the things that seem a little bit silly. dialogue is so clever on this show. I'm curious how the writing process works. Do you just lock yourselves in a room, you and Judd, and go at it? We're actually doing We're doing it right now. Sometimes we do. Um, sometimes we, we split off and just two or three of us will work on something together. Mm-hmm. A lot of what it is is um, what we're doing right now is we're sort of writing the fourth season in anticipation of getting picked up. We haven't been picked up. Um, but you always work before the news comes out. So if it does come out, you're already working on it. So oh. we sit together, maybe me and maybe 10, nine other guys, women, men and women. And uh, we basically speak as abstractly as possible about the show. And then slowly a shape for the season comes out. And then out of that, you get eight outlines for eight episodes. Mm-hmm. And then typically, I will, or one of the other writers will, often it'll be me, we'll, we'll take the first pass at the script. And then we all work on it together after, after that. And then, and then there's another added level, too, when you talk about the dialogue. is on the day, we have the script and we shoot the script, but we improvise a lot. A lot, a lot. Like that, the Penn Gillette scene, for example, is, was loosely scripted, but then on the day I said to Penn, I was like, just talk to me. Like, I'm just going to ask you stuff. Yeah. Just respond to me. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guarantee any moment that you like in that scene where it looks like my mind is being changed or I'm responding genuinely to something, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're, you're asking, you're trying to like emote differently. You're trying to emote and respond as the character. Obviously, if I talked to Penn as, as I am now, it would be a very different conversation. 
So there's acting involved, but you're definitely improvising um, a lot of the lines. Right. Now, i got to tell you, I was really excited to see Emo Phillips in the current season, the upcoming season. He's a real inspiration, and he's been around for so long. Do you have a relationship with Emo? Not really, other than we've worked on this, and we've done a couple stand-up shows together. He did a, a live episode of my podcast. So, like, we're professional buddies. Um, and obviously, he's somebody that I've admired uh, ever since I was, you know, a teenager, uh, as one of the like founding performers of the alternative comedy scene. Right. So all of us that like sort of benefit from alt comedy or whatever owe him a debt. So to have him come, but you know, in the show, we wanted somebody unexpected, and we wanted somebody that like would really empty the room if he showed up at the comedy cellar. So you have a lot of options there, different types of ways that people would want to watch. Um, and we wanted to go with somebody iconic and, and a little bit unexpected. All right. Yes. He's a true icon. Yes. I'm just going to wrap it up. You've had a lot of HBO talent on your podcast. You made it weird. Wonderful show. Drew Michael and Henry Winkler are a couple of my favorites. I loved your interaction with Henry especially when you got to talking about his, his family, his children. It was very touching. Yeah. I, that was one of my all-time favorites. Uh, yeah. Valerie was there. We went to his house. Um, and it, it was just from the word go. Like in the first two minutes, I knew it was going to be a great episode because that's what I'm looking for in a guest is someone who's willing to play, someone who has thought about a lot of things, knows who right. knows themselves and can be silly throughout. But he was, he was more than that. He was just like, he was just emanating such light that like, I think people listen to the podcast sometimes, whether or not they know it, to get that boost of somebody else's optimism and somebody else's joy. Right. Um, and sometimes I'm trying to manufacture that or I'm trying to represent that in my yeah. own self, which is authentic, but I'm trying to bring it out for the podcast. Um, and when someone else does it, then mm -hmm. I just get to bask in their light, and it, it was such a joy. That's exactly what he said, too. Le killer tof the music, the tone makes the music. That's right. That's right. And, I, you know, I feel that way about, like, Mark Duplass is a good one, Jay Duplass as well. There are certain episodes that, like, sometimes I feel like I'm doing the podcast to, on one level, there's many levels, but on one level I'm thinking, oh, this will help people. This will maybe help them through their day or help them if they're going through something. And then there are episodes like Henry where you're like, fuck that, this is helping me. <laughs> this is, you know, I felt that way about Fred, Fred Armisen, who's the newest. Yeah, today you posted that, or yesterday you posted that. Yeah, I tweeted it today. It was the idea that, like, I've been working a little bit I don't want to say too hard, but I've been working hard. And to talk to someone where he was just like, I just love it. I just love it. I kept trying mm -hmm. to get him to go dark. And he kept just being like, no, I love it. It's fun. I love it. I was like, this is really helpful for me to hear and to remember what a privilege it is to be able to, to make comedy and have that be your job is, is unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. I'm still listening to that episode. It's quite a long one. Three hours. My God. I know, it flew by. It really did. <laughs> He's fascinating. He's a fascinating man. Um, Love Story to Suffering, Crashing Season 3 coming up. Can you tell us anything about it? Anything at all? Oh, sure. 
Not the new season. It has a lot to do. Uh, has a lot to do with a new relationship. Um, I feel like Pete was dating in two bubbles. First, he was dating in the Christian bubble, and then he was dating in the comedy bubble, and now he's dating like a truly wild, free-thinking, sex-positive, exciting woman. Um, wow, which is really challenging. Yeah, very challenging for him, but also very exciting for him. And then my character is also grappling with the idea that he's very good at doing um, shows for the Christian market. And he's sort of trying to figure out, it's sort of like NACA. He's like very good at like kind of middle of the road stuff that pleases a lot of people. But even more so he's being, uh, you'll see I start doing a Christian tour and whether or not, and in what ways that works and doesn't work for me, I thought was really, really fun to explore. So I, I would say those are the two main ideas. I love it. I'm look. I, I hope. Uh, I hope I get to see season four here pretty soon. Thank you so much, Pete. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we love you here in Portland. I can't wait to be back. I, I really maybe just to hang out. I mean, really? Do you do you have a pl- favorite hangout or uh, anywhere you like to go? Every time I, I go to. I've done Helium, obviously, and I've done the Aladdin a bunch. But whenever I'm there, I just try to find, I, I, I don't eat meat, so I find a lot of uh, vegan restaurants and stuff like that, try to see some music, try to go to bars and all that stuff. There's nothing that I don't like. I've never <laughs> gone to a place and been like, this sucks. I'm sure <laughs> right. there, but it, I, I called it a punk rock train set. It's so cozy yes, and also exactly. rock and roll. Yeah. I, and I'm also an indoor kid, so the weather doesn't bother me. I just, I, it's just my favorite. Everything's at home. Thank you so much, Pete. That's right. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Cheers. Today's show was produced and edited by Gregory Day. That's me. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can reach me at greg at pdxpodcast.com. We'll be back very shortly. See you then.